Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. But you could be doing that just because I told you to do it, and if your heart's not in it, it won't work. Just the form or act of doing it doesn't work. But when it really comes from the heart, and really is because you're acting on God's Word and walking in the light of the Word, then it does work. Now there are a few general thoughts that we can give you. But without some kind of revelation from God, we couldn't be specific and tell you why it isn't working in every case. We'll just have to tell you what the Word says, and then each one of us will have to walk in the light of the Word for himself. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the series, The Will of God in Prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's message. Now, I don't understand some people. From the time I got saved, I always read the Bible from the standpoint of finding all the deliverance and help I could. It seems to me that some people read the Bible to find out everything they can against themselves, to condemn themselves, to heap more guilt upon themselves. I don't understand it. But I know this, thank God there is help for us. So this woman said to me, oh, you're just being hard. You're just hard. I said, sister, I'm not being hard. Just because I told her what the Bible said, I'm not being hard. It wasn't I who said, casting all your care upon him. God said that. It wasn't I. She said, yes, but you don't understand what I have to worry about. I said, well, I'm sure I don't. But still, it wasn't I who wrote the Bible. It was God. It's God's word. And God knows. Now, I mentioned this to show you that the reason our prayers don't work sometimes, even though it is God's will that our prayers be heard and answered, is because we aren't praying in his will, or we are not praying according to his word. Then what happens? This woman went off muttering to herself, and she continued to worry. Now, there's no doubt in my mind, but that everywhere she went to church, she turned in a prayer request and continued to wonder why it didn't work. It isn't going to work for those who are praying out of the will of God instead of in the will of God, or that is, praying according to the word. Well, with what boldness we can come to him. This is the boldness that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. It takes a little while sometimes for us to get loose from traditional thinking and really get on the word. We are so bound up with religious thoughts and what we've been taught, and many times it isn't scripture. We have been taught what someone thought the scripture says, not what the scripture actually says. As we said, it is God's will to save the lost. In particular, every believer has authority in his own household. You have more authority there than you do anywhere else. People in praying for their own household have struggled and struggled and begged God to save their loved ones. Sometimes they get saved, sometimes they didn't because the folks were in darkness and they're praying. I took this portion of scripture and I thought of it like this. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now, what I'm asking is according to his will. This is according to his will. Well, if we know that it is according to his will, he hears us. That's what the word says. Then if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know we have the petition. So I said, well, why should I keep on asking? I'm talking about praying for a lost loved one. Why should I keep on asking? That, because I have that petition. According to the word, I have that petition. Then I just stopped asking and started thanking him. Now, it's amazing how it works. That doesn't mean that just overnight the whole family is going to come in. But as you stand in faith, thanking God, they will come in. 
You see, for you to go on asking and begging God is a confession that you don't believe that you have the petition. If you believe that you had the petition, you would be thanking him for it. You would be thanking him for the answer. Now, isn't that true? Now, sometimes we go through the right motions all right, but without the right believing. You can go through all of the motions uh, just because someone told you to do it or because someone else did. In other words, we could pray about something right here. After we had prayed, I could say, now let's all lift our hands and praise God for the answer. Well, you could lift your hands and praise God for the answer. That means that we believe that we have the petition. We believe that we have asked... Uh, what we've asked is according to his will and word, and if it's according to his will, then he hears us. We believe that we have the petition. But you could be doing that just because I told you to do it, and if your heart's not in it, it won't work. Just the form or act of doing it doesn't work. But when it really comes from the heart, and really is because you're acting on God's word and walking in the light of the word, then it does work. Now, there are a few general thoughts that we can give you. But without some kind of revelation from God, we couldn't be specific and tell you why it isn't working in every case. We'll just have to tell you what the Word says, and then each one of us will have to walk in the light of the Word for himself. We're speaking to you on the subject of prayer. We're using for a text, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. I remember reading from one particular old-timer, pioneer in the full gospel message and the faith message, and he made this statement, that those who have depended upon prayer as a means of carrying on their religious activities have often been driven to extremities because the money didn't come, or some other problem that confronted them could not be solved, and so they have resorted to using methods and means suggested by others. The lives of many men of prayer have been a strong incentive to a life of faith on the part of many, and their method of prayer has influenced these earnest hearts greatly. Then this man went on to say, In my early days, after I'd given up my income and started to live what we call a life of faith, these problems confronted me. I heard about battle prayer, and we tried that. We stormed the throne. We cried aloud. But somehow or other, it didn't bring the results, and I wondered why. Then we heard about praying through, and we tried that. We prayed through our problems. After a while, I discovered that it was all works on my part, and the part of those whose footsteps I had followed, that holding on to God until the answer comes, or praying hard, were expressions which came from the realm of the natural. It was natural human reasoning, trying to solve a faith problem, a spiritual problem. Then suddenly he said it occurred to me that we hadn't been acting on the word. Instead, we had read the word and then tried to force God to do something. We had forgotten that the Bible says that no word from God is void of power and that God said, I watch over my word to perform it. We had forgotten John 15, 7, where Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The name of Jesus had not yet functioned, and we didn't know. John 15, 16, where he said, Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it you. And this man went on to say, I had never fathomed the secret of the, of the Master's teaching about his name. Now it began to dawn on me. See, we had prayed to Jesus. We had prayed to the Holy Spirit. We had prayed to God, he said. Now we came to the place where we saw we should pray to the Father in Jesus' name. We saw that we were to take the master's place 
and, and the master had given us the, the right, or as some call it, the power of attorney to use his name. Now you see, friends, when we, when we realize these things, then we can have confidence and boldness, but we've confused the prayer problem. Prayer is based upon the simple ground of coming to the Father in the name of Jesus. And you know, in Hebrews 4.16, the Word of God tells us that He invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, that sounds a whole lot like this 14th verse here that says this is the confidence that we have in Him. The other translation we read to you said this is the boldness we have toward Him. And so uh, the writer of the Hebrews is, is saying about the same thing that uh, John said here. He invites us to come boldly, boldly to the throne of grace. The Greek word grace means love gifts. Then the throne room is a room where love gifts are given lavishly to those who love him. So I'm invited to come boldly, fearlessly, as a son in the Father's presence. You see, there's no battle prayer there. There's no praying through. I am there in his presence to make my needs known. Praise the Lord. And so we can come with confidence and boldness. And then again, it says here, this is the confidence, this is the boldness we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. And so the problem comes up about praying according to the will of God the Father. But you see, the real truth is this that we as believers have taken Jesus' place here on the earth and we are carrying out the plan of redemption in bringing lost men to the saving knowledge of Christ, in building up the babes in Christ, setting the captives free, healing the sick, doing the same kind of work that the master did in his earth walk. And so you see then, this is the boldness we have toward him. I like another rendering that reads like this. This is the freedom that we have in his presence. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Well, now we know that Jesus was the will of the Father manifest. He said, I came not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. He climaxed it by saying, in John eight twenty nine, I always do those things that are pleasing to my Father. Then if we do the same things that Jesus did, plus the things that he has taught us to do, that he could not do, we may be sure that we're in the Father's will. And if we are in his will, then we are certain that our prayers are answered. We don't try to force him to answer them. We don't tease him like some parents or children do their parents until they wear their parents out. No, we come as intelligent men and women, grown up in Christ, and take our place, bearing his burdens, fellowshipping his purposes, and saving the world. We come into the very throne room of God, uh, the room of love gifts, into the very presence of the Father, and we talk things over with him. But you say, don't you think it's necessary to pray all night? Jesus did. Well, if we knew the nature of Jesus' prayers during those night sessions, that might help us. If you have needs enough that it would take a whole night to cover them, then, then you should take the night. Well, somebody said, don't you think that we should keep on praying until our prayer is answered? No, I think instead we might remind him and thank him for the answer. Unbelief becomes insistent thinking that by works of some kind it can force God to answer. We're going to act on his word, just as we act on the word of any firm or company. We're going to act on his word simply as intelligent men and women act on the word of a bank or any other institution that has a record of honesty. Remember, friends, God cannot lie. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. 
This month's special offer is the message series by Kenneth E. Hagan, The Will of God in Prayer. In this three-CD series, Kenneth E. Hagan explores the scriptures and instructs believers on how to use the Word of God in prayer. This series is just $21. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. As we start the year off, I would like to encourage you that have been partnering with us to continue your partnership or maybe consider increasing your monthly partnership. And if you haven't partnered with us, I would like to ask you, starting with January, that you partner with us this year to help us. If this radio program has blessed you and ministered to your spirit, then we want to hear from you. We're asking you, our audience, to let us know when and where you listen. Email us at partnerservices at rhema.org or call 1-888-FAITH-99 and tell us. If you prefer, drop us a letter. Write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. If we're to remain broadcasting in your area, we need to hear from you. And if you're able, we would ask that you would consider sowing an offering to help defray the costs of this radio program. Call today to get this month's special faith-building offer, Kenneth E. Hagen's The Will of God in Prayer 3-CD Series, yours for the price of $21. The number to call is 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagen, The Will of God in Prayer. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.